Welcome back to Discipleology, a podcast where we discuss what really works in discipleship. The fifth signpost that we get to is exercising faith. This is what Creating a Discipleship Pathway, Michael Kelly's free ebook says. Transformation is seen in believers when risk aversion is set aside and our lives are characterized by faithful obedience to God's will. Guys, I'm not a huge fan of exercising, but tell us a little bit about how exercising our faith looks a little bit different. Faith is a lot like a muscle. It, it has to be developed. It has to be exercised. And, um, you know, it, it shows up in in so many areas of, of life. It's it, it can come down to, you know, trusting God with our money. It's trusting God with our time, trusting God with our relationships. Um, and and even some of the choices we're making, are we trusting God to, to help us, uh, you know, pick where we live, uh, to pick where we work? And, and, and that total, that, that attitude of totally relying on, on him is what faith is about. And yes, it shows up sometimes in the hard times of life. Or am I willing to trust him then? Uh, but it also shows up in the good times of, hey, we get to move to a new house. What neighborhood does God want us to live in? Not just what's the best neighborhood I can afford. And some of those, those, those choices in life are, 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 are important. And to me, some of the importance of, of this signpost shows up in the fact that so many of Jesus' rebukes, uh, especially of his disciples, were, how small is your faith? You've been with me. You've been walking with me for days and days and weeks. And you know who I am. And yet, you didn't trust that I would help you as we're in the boat, in the storm, or in another setting where, where he comes through again and, and his followers just weren't trusting him in that moment to do it. When you talk about this signpost, I always think uh, about the parable of the talents and uh, the, the faith that is exercised in there, and really more specifically, the lack of faith, you know, that's exercised in the last one. Of course, you know, uh, if you're listening, you probably uh, know the, the parable, the story that Jesus told about um, the uh, servants who were entrusted with their uh, the riches from their master, and one went out and multiplied the talents to be even more, and the, the second one sort of did the same thing but didn't have as great a return but still invested it out, and the third one uh, buried buried his talent in the ground. In in recent days, a little detail in that story has uh, has stuck out to me that the third one in his response, you might remember this, in response uh, says to the master because the master come back comes back and wants an accounting. What did you do with what I gave you? And the third one came back and said, "I knew that you were a hard master." Now, the reason why that sticks out to me is we have zero indication in that parable that the master was anything but generous, trusting, hands-off. There's no indication that he was a hard man. And yet, in his mind, this is how the third servant had rationalized burying the, the, the talents. That points to something very personal in my life that that faith, this muscle that I have that needs to be exercised, is directly related to my view of God. So if I have an inability to trust God, it, it's not only that I have perhaps a small faith that needs to be exercised, but I ought to also go back and think, what is my view of God that I have such little ability to trust him. In my heart, do I really believe that God loves me? Do I really believe 
that he will take care of me? Like, do I really believe these things? Or is my view of God misshapen as the third servant's view of the master was misshapen, that I'm thinking of him as something that he's uh, something that he's not? That's a good word. Uh, we had a phrase that faith isn't faith until it's all you're holding on to. It was one of those things, like for me, faith being exercised uh, is, is terrifying uh, because if I'm holding on to faith and then it gets even harder because I'm, I'm getting stronger right in my faith and then it gets harder and then it gets harder and then it gets harder, but it also gets sweeter and it gets sweeter and it gets sweeter. I find that one of the things that strengthens faith to that respect in the times that you're talking about, Andrew, when it gets harder and harder, uh, that you can draw on past experiences. This is one of the reasons why I think it's really important for us to have remembrances in our lives. Uh, I think about George Mueller uh, in Great Britain who provided for 10,000 orphans in his lifetime and never asked anybody for a single dime to help him do it. My favorite quote from Mueller is, if the Lord fails me this time, then it will be the first time. So Mueller, who is regarded as a man of faith for the ages, right? Where did he get that kind of faith? At, I mean, it. I think in one sense, it was just because he looked back over the course of his life and realized the Lord has never not come through. Now, it might not have been in the way that I thought that he would, but he has never not come through. So memory can be a very powerful aid for us building faith in the present. Uh, give me give me some practical tips on, um, let's say, we hit a, a struggle and we didn't yep. have the faith. For sure. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to go back to the, to the uh, uh, remembrances that I, I think are really, really helpful. This is one of the reasons why I think that journaling is a really positive spiritual uh, 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 discipline to be involved with. It's not just that you're articulating things that you're, you're learning. It's that you can look back over the course of the days when you've journaled and realized this is how the Lord answered this prayer and this prayer and this prayer and this prayer. So it aids you in the present. I think that's one of them. Uh, I think this is going to sound simple too, but I think just showing up at church, just showing up is a really powerful aid for faith. Because when I show up at church, I'm going to put myself in a position where I am I am singing about who God is. And when I'm singing, I'm I am of course, I am of course singing to the Lord, but I'm also reminding my own soul of who God is. And not only that, when you guys are there too and you're singing, you're reminding me of who he is too. So this is, again, the community aspect of faith too. We tend to think about faith in isolation, and it is in one sense, right? Like it's it's my faith, but at the same time, this is one of the ways that we bear each other up is that we can't necessarily believe for someone else really, but boy, it, it's a lot easier to believe when you have people believing alongside of you. Something personal to us is that we went through a, a traumatic uh, season of our lives, and to have that community that was consistently praying, there were some dark days for sure. But it was it was that community that allowed us to come out of them. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people would have that testimony. You sure. know, sure. like it's it it really does feel like that. This is when the church is not just an institution, but it's a group of people. Uh, that are linking arms together. Um, you know, Paul tells us in Galatians 6 to bear one another's burdens. When we do that, we're, we're fulfilling the law of Christ, which is an amazing thing to think about. Why do we need to bear one another's burdens? This is, why is this supposed to be the way we're supposed to live? Well, it's because bur- it's, I think it's because burdens are heavy. 
uh, and too heavy often to be lifted by one person. The etymology of the word is fascinating in that passage in Galatians 6. I love it uh, because the the word that Paul uses, there's actually two words in Galatians 6 that can both be translated as burden. And he, so he uses both words. One of them means like a uh, like a knapsack, you know, a backpack that you can wear, easily transportable, something for one person. That's not the word that he uses when he says bear one another's burdens. The word that he uses there, the, the word picture is of a large rock or stone. So you can just imagine, the, you know, the word picture of somebody bellying up to this boulder saying, no, I got it. I'm totally okay on my own. I'll transport this thing. Uh, it, it's almost, it's laughable to think about. Such are the burdens in many of our of, of our lives, and so we we can exercise faith together when we bear one another's burdens like that. Absolutely, and so we're designed to live within community, and so exercising our faith, working out our faith, allows us to be stronger for those around us. Guys, this has been a really great episode. We would love to hear from you guys if your church is doing discipleship really well, we want to know about it. Please shoot me an email, andrew.hudson at lifeway.com. I would love to set up a time for you to tell me all about what's going on in your church. In the meantime, guys, go to discipleology.com. There you can get it, Creating a Discipleship Pathway, the ebook by Michael Kelly. That is free. It is our gift to you. You can also sign up there for Bible Studies for Life. If you're enjoying the Discipleship Pathway discussion, know that the Discipleship Pathway and the research behind it is what undergirds the philosophy of Bible Studies for Life. In Bible Studies for Life, each year we will walk through each one of the eight signposts every single year. Guys, we will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much.